0: Gear up as Cash Miller and a team of accomplished guests steer you on an enlightening voyage filled with valuable tips, fresh insights, and effective strategies.
1: Welcome to Marketing Masters, the agency power show. Hello, everyone. This is Cash Miller. I'm the host of Marketing Masters. I'm the CEO of Titan Digital. Today, we're going to be talking budgets, your market, market penetration for your company, you know, where you should be putting your money and stuff. I've got Kyle Berry, Kaizen Marketing, you know, with me today. Uh, Kyle, it's great to have you. Tell us a bit about yourself.
0: Kasia, thank you for having me, super excited to be here. Um, I'm 29 years old, I'm down here in Tampa, Florida right now and I have an immense love for marketing and advertising. Uh, I'm the CEO of Kaizen Marketing Agency. I've uh, been running this for right around eight to nine years now, um, and just have a, a very deep focus of growing businesses, helping them succeed in this crazy new market. Um, and then a little bit about myself, I'm actually a professional paintball player. So uh, the competition's through the roof for me, and I'm just here to have fun and you know really excel in life like the Kaizen name represents.
1: I, I love that you're a, a professional paintball player. I paid, you know it's been years since I played. But the, uh, the, the competitive nature, because what people don't realize is in marketing, you know, we have to be very actually really competitive because when you hire an agency, you know, or you have marketers on your staff, whatever it may be, you know, we're going to war with, you know, for you and, you know, against your competition. Because when you hire an agency, your competition just became ours and we've got to beat them, you know. So, you know, as marketers, you want to be competitive in nature because you want to win. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah.
0: And it, I mean, it's everything. Even look at just general Google ads. Like you're you're competing, come, competing just for those first top three spots. Then you're competing for the ad copy. Then you're competing for the conversion rate. Um,
1: it, it is a vicious game that I absolutely love playing. Yeah. And like I say, so every time we take on a new campaign, we take on a new client and such, you know, we've got to figure out their business. We've got to figure out the things that are you know potentially going to work for them, um, you know, to you know, craft campaigns and everything, you know, we're going to be talking, you know, budget and such, but how it plays in these campaigns, how it plays into, you know, the decision-making, you know, that, that goes on and such, you know, so when you get going with a, a company, you know, and you're, you know, whether it's a startup or an established, you know, business, where do you start? Where, where do companies need to be, you know, their thought process needs to, you know, get, get going. What's the start point?
0: It's really the amount of tension that you have, right? So we, we always say market share and understanding where you sit inside the market, but that all explains just how much attention the local consumer base has around your business, your name, your service, and really what the quality is that you bring to that market. As we know, we look at marketing, we look at customer intake, it is unaware or unaware of the problem, aware of the problem, aware of the solution, aware of where to find the solution. And then finally the purchase that happens at the end. And most Markets are competing for that 3% of consumer base that is at the top and they, they know the solution, they know their problem and they're looking for success when a lot of new businesses, if you're starting off, you have to represent your solution and where you are with your brand and develop a level of empathy and internal connection to who you are as a business and why you started this business in the first place, right? As as marketing agencies, when we start a company to grow businesses, we all have a different reason of why we wanna grow businesses. For me, it's from starting from a mom and pop shop and watching that fail during the 08 crash and never wanting to see that happen to any other business ever again. Um, For you, it's something different, but each business that starts, they have a reason of why they're starting the business, and they have to make sure that when they enter into a new market, that they're representing themselves, not just for their service and their qualities, but for who they are as a business. Um, And the differentiation is when you're in the market already. So you've come in and you represented a great offer and you've built a decent business and everything's happening. Do you have the empathy of the customers to develop that strong word of mouth, to develop those referrals? Because even if you have a good business and you do a great job, if the customer didn't tie back emotionally to where your business is, it's very far and few between that they're going to refer it to your friends and families or their neighbors. So it's really understanding where does my business sit in the awareness of the market? How much does the market actually know who I am? And then the next stage of that, if they know who I am, how much do they actually like me? Do they enjoy my? business? They enjoy the way I look. They enjoy the way I present myself. And in that enjoyment, in that like is what's going to create that that word of mouth that we all know and everyone says is is the best way of advertising. Word of mouth is how I crush it. But in 2023, there's physical word of mouth and digital word of mouth, which is very, very loud. And being able to structure yourself in a way where that's always positive is probably the first thing you need to understand whenever you're entering into a market.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, I think a lot of people startup businesses, you know, obviously right out the gate, they're not going to have any kind of brand presence whatsoever in a market. And so developing that to some degree, and of course, you know, there's going to be factors that play into it, the size of the market and such that you're in, you know, what you can be known, you know, like if you have a large market, it can be really hard to stand out, especially if you're a small, you know, business and such, you know, depending on what you do. But you have things like, let well, I say the size, but you also have the industry itself. You know, mm-hmm. if you've got 100 players, you know, in your industry, in your market, that's going to be harder to be known. And what kind of business you also have, you know, who is your uh, ultimate customer? Who are you trying to attract? Yeah, uh, If you're I say, if you're a service provider, like an HVAC company or something, you know, you can build up a lot of market awareness. But if you're in a more obscure industry, too, you know, it's another consideration because if you're not needed regularly, yeah, you know, then it's really hard that you're, you know, you're not going to have much brand awareness, even if you've been established, even if you've been around, because you're not needed regularly by, you know, whoever your ideal customer is. Yeah, you know, so... And developing of the problem, right,
0: and understanding the problem. So, like it, as you said, if you're a new business and you're you're honing in on a new problem in the market right? So AI is a big topic of conversation. Now, what is AI's value? AI's value is the opportunity to use digital factors to increase your speed of success, your speed for information, right? Well, yeah. not many people are using AI because they don't realize that the problem is there, right? Uh, I love Elon Musk's interview with Joe Rogan um, probably about two years ago where he got super serious and he was like, you need to integrate with AI or die. And I, I watched yeah. an A few years ago, and I was like, what is he saying there? And now, as Chat GBT and this evolution of AI has come out. Since I was aware of the problem from what he said in his podcast, I'm looking for that solution. But if you're a brand new market or brand new product in a market and they're not aware of the problem that you're solving, you have to be knowledgeable about that when you walk in. Right. There's a lot of times where, say it's a healthy food restaurant, it's a great example. They'll walk into a market where they think that, oh, there's not a lot of a lot of healthy food here. I can walk into this market, absolutely kill it. The question is, is the market finding a problem that there's no healthy food there? if they don't see it as a problem, then you're not a solution. So yeah. if, you, if you're able to enter into a new market, it's not that you can't create the problem in customer's mind. In today's level of advertising with YouTube ads, Facebook and Instagram and all the social media based advertising, where you're able to push videos and long form content yeah. in front of people, you're able to actually explain these problems and why people should want to find a solution. And if you're the person that identifies that problem for them, you're the first person they're gonna go to for the solution. Right. So yeah. understanding where that market is, no matter where it is, larger or smaller, but honing in on one, the customer avatar that you understand is going to have this problem. And then be able to articulate and clearly speak to them of that problem and the way to solve that in their life and what their life will look like after that problem is solved is a great way to enter into any market with any new product at any point.
1: Yeah, you, that's a the problem solving aspect, you know, cause every business, you know, there is something that they're solving. It doesn't matter, you know, but you, you need to identify it. You need to see also who else is, you know, trying to solve that same problem, you know, within your market. And then you also, you know, if you can do those things, then it's like, okay, how do we put out that we have these solutions and how do we differentiate from other competitors that also have solutions to these problems? You know, cause this is what we, you know, Buyers, you know, they say if if we need something like say service businesses are always one of the most obvious ones. You know, if you need a lawyer, you have a problem. The lawyer can solve the problem. If you have an HVAC, you know, you need an HVAC company. You know, you still have a problem. Every, you know, most businesses are are really based around a problem. A marketing agency is based on around the fact that you don't have awareness. You know, you need leads. That's your problem. Yeah, so you want to start there if you're going to figure out where to put resources. Yeah. Okay, so if I've, if I've identified my problem and I've, you know, I understand what my solutions are, how am I going to break into the market? You know, I say, where do I put my money to be able to, you know, because I say you've got kind of two situations. You've got ones where they don't have any kind of brand awareness. You know, mm-hmm. they don't have, you know, they could be a newer business or they could be in a larger metro area. It could be established, but they they're essentially a mom and pop shop that's got only a couple of people. You know, you could be around a dozen years, but nobody knows you exist. Yeah, you know, so how do you go ahead? You know, how do you get into like solving that problem for yourself? Because uh, you you need that awareness.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you need that awareness. And the biggest problem that I see a lot of people in that position just doesn't know where to put their efforts. And and when I mean that their budget should first be allocated towards telling that story, right? So content development is extremely powerful, especially in 2023, At the, 2023 and beyond, really. As we've moved more into a social media-based content world where everything is based around video and everything is having this long-form interaction, I am appalled by how many businesses I see that say, hey, we're not doing very well in our overall growth. We'll get customers in, but they don't stay and so on mm-hmm. and so forth.
1: Yeah.
0: Don't have a brand story video. They don't have a single piece of content that tells the world who they are and why they started this unique business of themselves. A brand story video developed in the correct way can move mountains. Uh, One of my greatest examples that I've seen throughout the years is
1: is the Squatty Potty. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I'm familiar with that one. That one's a great one. Um, That one in uh, the razors. Oh, yeah. Harry's. Harry's
0: That one? Yeah. So both of them are created by the Harman Brothers. Harmon Brothers is a video production team that you call them today. It's $350,000 to make a brand story video. <laughs> Crazy expensive, but they understand how to develop your unique selling proposition, who you are as a business, your brand story, and the development of that in a way that is comical, in that way that is psychologically engaging, in the way that gets people to watch a three-minute long video of a unicorn, pooping out rainbows right, so yeah, right. Yeah. It's, uh, they, they are they' are really positioning themselves as a business not only to sell the product not only to highlight the problem not only to bring in the solution but to understand the unique selling proposition around their product in that entire story right? And being able to elaborate that. If I was a brand new business or if I was a business that didn't have the market recognition that I wanted, I'd invest in five pieces of content first and foremost. That first piece of content is a brand story video. This should be over a minute and a half long. This should highlight an interview from the owner, a breakdown of the business, the longevity, the problems that you solve, the consumers that you're going after, and a real overall of who you are. Yeah. The next ones are problem solutions, short form videos. These are usually underneath 45 seconds and you can have two or three of these Mm -hmm. that highlights the problems that a customer that you want to help would have and talk about the potential solutions and then lead them to you. These are extremely powerful for your top of funnel or new customer acquisition advertising because it's ensuring that the market that you're entering is problem aware. Yeah. Then you have the uh, the actual case studies and the overview of your business. Now, if you're a brand new business, it's a little bit difficult, but you can still get this from your employees. You can still get this from an overall view of your business, of what it is. But talking about your unique selling proposition and how that relates to the customer's problem. Now you have a brand story that sells who you are as a business. You have assets that talk about the problems that you are solving. You have case studies or overviews that highlights why your business should be the one that they should look to for solutions uh-huh. and then finally the one that everyone miss is educational pieces in social media today there's two things that people are looking for they're looking for education and entertainment yeah. that is it that is what these are designed for they're absorbing their time to either be educated or entertained And there's so little people that develop assets within their business that can educate or entertain consumers. Entertainment is difficult. I mean, it's very difficult to be able to create an ad that will actually entertain people in a movie style concept. But it's not very hard to create educational pieces because you built the business off your current education. You, you built a company because of what you know around the problem and the solution you have. So a lot of people miss that last one, which is educational pieces. A PDF download is extraordinarily powerful because it's the easiest way to get first party data. You're able to put education into the market, inform customers about problems, inform them about solution, and get their contact information to be able to support your solution and your sales process after they're problem aware.
1: Yeah, the, one of the things to note, too, on the education part of it is that a lot of people end up, you know, worried that if I teach them how to do it, then they won't hire me to do it. Well, you need to look at it the reverse. Depending on what you do, if it is complicated enough, you teach them how to do it to educate them on why they don't want to do it. You know, they want to hire you as the expert because what you do maybe you know, either it's complicated, time-consuming whatever it might be. And they'll see, you know, and everything is time and money, right. You know, you you get one or the other. So if it's going to take a long time, you might rather spend the money and then hire that expert because you've also proven that you are an expert. If you're teaching them how to do it, you know it well enough to teach it. Yeah. So it can often be better, you know, just to hire that expert.
0: Yeah. And the one thing to add to that, and this is, you know, I'm, I'm, again, I'm 29 years old. I'm extremely competitive. um, And that's one thing that has helped me. I've, at my age, I have a bunch of friends and family that are like, Kyle, you're sitting on your computer and you're making money. How are you doing this? It's like, mm-hmm. well, I'm making other people money because I know these tools. Here's my exact blueprint, family and friends. Take this exact thing and do it. The only difference is, is that you have to physically do it. I can give yeah. you all the plans in the world, but you, like you said, it's either time or money and the commitment. And when it comes to advertising or any type of businesses or even just the development of a general business, if you want to start an HVAC company today, mm-hmm. right? The only differentiation of you installing your your HVAC compared to a competitor is your sweat equity, your work ethic, and your presentation of your business. Right? If yeah. you have confidence that you're doing the right thing and you work harder than your competitor, even though you're sa- selling the same product, you will win this game of entrepreneurship.
1: Yeah, no, that's a good point. And, you know, and what you mentioned, you know, on the start of those things, too, you know, brand videos are really powerful, you know, and the short version versus, you know, the long, you can film all of those things together. You know, you can do it all as one project. It doesn't have to cost three hundred and fifty thousand dollars now, you know, because there are companies like say we do those kinds of videos. I'm sure you probably do, you know, do them as well you know, that you can get it done because the, the advancements in technology allow for it to be done in a more cost you know cost effective manner and be able to put those things out. And then there's a lot of longevity to them. Yeah, like I say, they're top of the funnel type stuff. You know, that introduces you to a lot of you know people depending on what you're doing. Like we always end up you know doing short videos for like Facebook or other social media platforms and such. You know, if we're going to do a long one, it's like well, we're going to have all these clips anyway for you know that we can use for short. If we just add in a few pieces and film those as well that are specific to the short ones, so there's a lot of um, you can. You can, you know, we talk about content and repurposing and stuff like that. Yeah, there's a lot you can do with that kind of content in all sorts of places you can put it. You know, so being able to put that out in the marketplace, you start to educate everybody about you. And then when you have educational specific pieces, you're talking about, you know, you're showing off your expertise, you're showing other people how to do these things. Yeah, that's great. Cause if, depending on what you do, if it's complicated enough, you know, they're going to hire you to do it for them. Uh, where do you go after that, though? If you've got, okay, I've built my foundation, so where am I going to go now?
0: Great question. So um, right now is the best time ever for a new business to be able to come into a market and really represent themselves as who they are and get it at a very low cost, right? When I was selling direct mail 10 years ago, it costs roughly $3 to hit 10,000 households for Valpac is what they used to tell me, right? Um, But at the end of the day, uh, sorry, $300 to hit 10,000 households at the end of the day, you don't have data or understanding of where that customer actually engaged with you. It's the same thing with billboards and radios and a few different yes. types of media advertising. It's very difficult to be able to actually assess what works. And when you have small spend, and you're just entering market, every penny counts. Mm-hmm. So. Best potential platforms in the world right now are Meta and Google. These are where a majority of the consumers live, and the majority of um, the interest is found, and it's your opportunity for high-level targeting for you to actually find your consumers. Um, The biggest thing is that you have to make sure you understand your campaign structure when you go into Google and you go into Meta. Google is a bidding war, right? If you're going to play the search game and you're going to look for the top recognition on search, those first three positions, as we said before, is a bidding war. And you have to fight for that on your cost. It's not the most cost effective if you don't have a large budget behind it, but they allow YouTube advertising. Um, yeah. platform. YouTube is an extremely uh, powerful platform that allow you to do your brand. You can take your brand video, put it on YouTube, start YouTube advertising. You're not going to get charged if the customer doesn't click through or doesn't watch over about 22 seconds of your video. So they can watch that first five seconds, hit the skip ad, and you're getting brand recognition in the market. You're putting your name out there and you're not even getting charged, right? The cost per click is still kind of high. You're looking at anywhere from $2 to $3, uh, depending on your market, $2 to $5, depending on your market. but at the end of the day, you're able to leverage YouTube, which is a, a high-end platform that not many people know how to advertise on to get your brand recognition out there. Yeah. Then you go to meta, Facebook and Instagram. These two platforms are one of the most widely used platforms out there. And, and and I'm specifically talking about paid advertising positions here, but in paid advertising for Facebook and Instagram, those two platforms can get you a CPM or a cost per thousand well below $8. I mean, I, we have some campaigns right now that are averaging at $3 CPM. So for every thousand people reach out to it costs, 10,000 people is $30 instead of the $300 people used to pay for ValPack and not even know it's working. So the biggest thing about this is that when you do long form videos on these platforms and you promote it in these ads, even if you're spending $5 a day, you're able to see the data of how long a customer has watched this video. And that puts you in an understanding of where the customer is in the awareness of your business and being able to correlate that data to find success. So in short, once you have that foundation, Your biggest goal now is to be able to work an omni channel approach, a multiple channel approach with the same concept around what you're trying to hold as a business entity, which at this point would be the brand recognition and brand story across Facebook, Instagram, Google, which are the three major platforms to find success. But then you also want to leverage the newer platforms that give you open um, awareness when it comes to new customer acquisitions, such as TikTok. I'm not a big TikTok fan. I don't use TikTok very often, but it's the only platform today where if I can post, I post four videos a day and one of those videos are going to hit 10,000 views. That viewership is just plain recognition. It is recognition yeah. of across the board. So whenever we have a brand new business that walks in, we do a combination of two things. We make their foundation of the video assets, and then we create an advertising structure and an organic posting system that allows you to be multi-channel across multi-channel with an omni-channel composure of how the customers actually come together on the landing page and how we target them. So even though I'm posting a long form brand story on YouTube, and I'm posting short 15 to 30 second clips on TikTok, and I'm posting 45 second video views or videos on Facebook and Instagram. They're all leading back to the same website, same landing page that then correlates into the same email campaign to own that first party data and to be able to own your customers. The real thing is, is once you have your messaging down and once you have an understanding of this is who I am as a business and now I've created into a digital format, it's getting on the opportunity to grab the awareness of the customers where they live. I can't tell you how many business owners are trying to force the customer to pay them. I I, I need the customer to come to me via email. I need the customer to find me on Google. I need the customer to... No, you don't need. What you need is a customer to pay you, right? So the you need to yeah. come to them, right? You need to be in the position where they live. If your customer, maybe you're, maybe you're an HVAC company, but you're in, uh, say, Colorado, right? Where there's a younger demographic, right? If we're in Denver, Colorado, there's a little bit younger demographic there. TikTok absolutely crushes it. It does amazingly well, right? But if you ignore that platform and just say, I'm not going to post there organically, you're leaving a lot of money on the table, right? So really once you have that foundation of creative, it's creating a a, um, social media calendar where you're going to be posting organically across multiple platforms, using that long form content, cut up into short form, like you said, and then using paid advertising to push out that content to your desired avatar. And then understanding how that paid content is actually resonating. Do I have to adjust my video because I'm dropping everybody at the first 25% of the video? Do I have to? Uh, do I have a great 100% viewership, but I have a horrible click-through rate, so I have to change my call to action at the end? Is my thumb-stop rate not good or the consumers are really dropping off from our impression to actually 25% view rate and I have to adjust the hook in the beginning of the video? This paid advertising now puts an actual valuation to how good you develop that content and allows you to optimize and adjust. And that's really the next step, but the biggest step, as you know, in marketing and advertising to find success Mm -hmm.
1: is the optimization practice of everything. Yeah. A couple of things I'd add in there, too, is for one, because you mentioned YouTube advertising and stuff. You know, Google's running Google Max campaigns and it's a combination of pay-per-click with YouTube. And the algorithm is learning, you know, between, you know, because it's like sharing data between the other are you know, the regular search platform and YouTube. So you can run a single campaign and you end up with ads on both and it gets smarter and smarter as it sees who you're looking for, you know, so it, it starts delivering better. And then the other thing is programmatic ads too, because programmatic have become, you know, big over these last few years and stuff. They've been around for over a decade, but you know, where you can do display ads, you know, which will build brand awareness. They're HTML five, you've got movement and you can have them, you know, on, across tons of websites. Now you're not necessarily, you know, going through Google to do these because, you know, depending on the platform you're on, yeah, you know, they are being they're using Google's network as part of their network, but you can get a greater reach, you know, cuz you're going to end up on, you know, like literally millions of websites, you can end up on hundreds of thousands of different apps, you know, so as people are playing games and stuff, you know, you got to be careful to make sure that you're um, showing in the right places to the right audience and stuff, but you can do all sorts of tweaks to the audience, people that based on their search history, based on websites, they visit, you know, there's a number of things you can do and you can run streaming audio and video ads, you know, through those platforms. So you can have ads running on, you know, streaming platforms like Hulu. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And those are going to be your traditional like 30 second ads and such. So that goes back to your video. You know, you do good videos, you can do, you know, you can show up there, you can have audio ads running on Spotify, you know, so there's a number of things to do, you know, that, you know, places you can show up, you know, across. Another thing too, is if you're an HVAC company or any kind of service-based business, but if you're, if like homeowners are the target and stuff, you can use like geofencing. Mm -hmm. And geofencing is huge for targeting specific areas, because if you've got the right geofence platform, you can do the outline of a building. You know, you don't even have to do like you could fence in the entire neighborhood, but make sure you um, skip the uh, primary streets that go past that neighborhood that are drive through traffic. They don't live there. Uh, so that can be, you know, really big because geofencing, you know, they're tagging uh, phones, you know, they're grabbing the device ID and then those Ads that you're showing to the phone can cross over to computers and tablets and stuff as they access email and things like that. But you can get really specific. You know, you can take, for example, like we deal with a um, number of hardware stores, and so I could have, you know, the local hardware store, and I've got a Home Depot, you know, and say it's garden season. I could outline just the garden area of Home Depot, and anybody walks in there, I can tag the phone. And then I can end up showing them an ad that's relevant to gardening and stuff. So there's a lot of things you can do to get that market penetration, depending on, you know, where you want to spend your money.
0: Yeah. And that's really knowing the customer avatar, right? And that's one big thing. I always recommend any new business that walks in um, into a market. And if you're trying to, or even any new marketer, uh, the best place to start, in my personal opinion, is reading Russell Brunson's book, .com Secrets, mm-hmm. where it really lays out the avatar, the value ladder, the sales funnel, understanding how to really connect with your customer, own your customer first data. But the biggest thing, and the first thing that he hits is developing your customer avatar, which... Um I can't tell you how many businesses we've worked with where it's like who is your desired customer and it's like yeah. what- pay me money. And it's like, it's hard to talk to the world and get the world to walk through your front door. But it's very easy to talk to John Smith, specifically to John Smith and get him to walk through the front door. So uh, honing in on that understanding of who your customer is, how to find that customer and how to target them is very important because these platforms are extremely intelligent, right? People like Mm -hmm. we brought up AI before and AI is a new thing. AI has been in our advertising systems for the last decade. I've been using AI technology in both Google and Meta um, for machine learning and understanding my consumer avatar, developing lookalike audiences, doing everything of that nature, which is all AI based within advertising Um, and really it's just a a point of i know my business now i need to know my customer and then understanding where they are in that problem aware or solution aware system and putting the ad in front of them where they live in your sales cycle where they live
1: in your value ladder well i think also if you're going to try to understand the customer understand your own products and services to you know what you want to make sure you know is what makes you the most money Okay, because you say you can't be as as broad, like you mentioned, of whoever's willing to spend money. No, it's a matter of who's spending what money. You know, which service because you know you could have a dozen different things that you do, but you have different profit margins on each thing. So certain things you may not want to advertise because they don't make you enough money. You know, they say HVAC is always a good example of, uh, you know, like what makes them the most money is replacing the unit. Yep. You know, but the problem is most people don't search for, you know, unit replacement, they're searching for repairs and fixes and stuff like that. So you don't necessarily spend the money on replacing the unit, you need to spend this money on the stuff that gets you in the door. And then if it, those situations arise where you know, it actually needs, you know, they need a new unit, well, then you're going to have that higher margin. You know, But if you've got other services that maybe get, you know, high volumes of searches, but there's no money to be had in them. You know then that would be a bad place to be you know spending your money you know it's really gonna it's gonna vary but you should understand your profit margins to know which ones to go after
0: a hundred percent you have to understand if you're starting off with a loss leader or if you're looking for profit at new customer acquisition mm-hmm. because that's a whole different way of advertising like uh, i always use mcdonald's as an example mcdonald's doesn't have a 99 cents cheeseburger because they want a 99 cents cheeseburger or yeah. because the burger actually costs less than 99 cents after you pay for insurance overhead cost per customers and yeah. For goods of that that 99 cents burger you're sitting at anywhere from a dollar a dollar 15. but where do they make their money is would you like fly, fries and a drink with that that yeah. upsell is what actually closes up the reason they have a 99 cents burger is so they can have a giant sign that says we have a 99 cent burger that draws the customer in knowing that it's a loss, knowing that they're not going to be profitable if they just purchase the 99 cents burger but who does that? Everyone buys a fries and drink with that. So now they're actually yeah. profitable and they've used something they even promoted and spend hundreds of thousands of dollars promoting a product that they know doesn't bring profit, but they know that the overall sales process is what comes in. So as a business owner, you have to have a clear understanding of, am I looking to acquire customers, new customers at a profitable rate? And what does that profitable rate need to be? And yeah. if that's the case, And that that's what I'm doing. How do I get customers in here at a very low cost, where if it's, hey, I'm going to get customers in at a little bit higher cost, and it might be a loss leader, but I'm going to increase the lifetime value of this customer over time. So Mm -hmm. that even though I lost $100 bringing the customer in by the end of six months, I'm $5,000 profitable because I'm bringing them through my value ladder and increasing the sales, doing upsells and bringing in more value to them, even though they came in for a very low cost
1: service. Yeah. That's a, a huge thing. It's also, you know, forgotten about too, because you, you mentioned lifetime value. Well, you know, businesses need to understand how they're going to be able to bring them back. You know, Because, you know, if you have a loss leader or something, gets them in the door, you know, that happens all the time. It's I get them in the door, but it's, what do I do to get them to come back in the door? That doesn't cost me the same amount of money. I read a book, um, on a uh, grub you know, you, that's you know food delivery service and stuff and the uh, guy that founded grubhub um when he was first getting going late 2000 you know it was like 2008 or something um he would talk to he had this one pizza shop owner they talked to and he said look you know he's trying to sell him you know to advertise on grubhub and the guy was like you know i'll try it and whatnot and and he did that cost of acquisition you know like math for the guy and it's like you know I know you're not going to make any money on this, you know, but the guy understood, he said, I've tried coupons. I've tried this and, you know, I've tried everything. Okay. But what I understand is my food is so good that if I can get them to try it, they'll come back on their own. Mm -hmm. That's why I keep doing these things, you know, because I need them to try it, you know, so you have to consider. And, you know, if they try the service, if your service is really good, your product is really good. You know, is it good enough that they'll come back? Then you look at the lifetime value and you say, okay, this channel is the best way for me to get customers. And then this is how I convert them so that they'll come back. Yeah. You know, that's what a lot of businesses, you know, they forget about. It's like you get, in the, get them in the door, but you can make them worth so much more money.
0: Yeah, if you're a restaurant or listening to this right now, I highly recommend you go to YouTube and you look up an interview with Ty, or I'm sorry, with Gary Vanierchuk and the guy from Bar Rescue. His name escapes me
1: right now. Yeah, I know what you're talking about.
0: Incredible interview that lays out the percentage, the actual return percentage of general customers, even with five-star reviews. Like if you have a five-star, if a customer comes in and has a five-star experience, as a restaurant, you have about a 40% chance they're gonna come back. But if you can implement and support them in their second visit and then their third visit, if they go through three visits that are all five stars, now you have over a 70% chance and likelihood that they will come back organically. And these are things that I don't think restaurant owners or even like HVAC companies, they're a great example, but they don't have any uh, continual income that comes in. Like services is a big thing, having a a monthly service checkup or upsell of that nature but uh, there's a lot more that HVAC companies that could be doing. We have a client that we've helped them with air purifiers and supporting their internal air uh, air service, making sure that they have humidifiers, air purifiers, the ACs working well. And now you're not just selling ACs. You might've come in and done a $35 repair or a maintenance service for the company. But at the end of that conversation, you showed them $5,000 in air filtrations and filtering systems for their home. And now you have that lifetime value increasing. So no matter what service that you're in, it might not be a direct product that you currently have in your business, but you always have an opportunity to be a trusted advisor in your field to that customer and find ways to make additional revenue as a business that truly does support that customer and what they need.
1: Yeah. What would be your top like final takeaways? You know, if you're business and you're trying to figure out how you're going to spend your money, you know, like say, you know, like sum it all up. I'll
0: sum it all up with a trick, okay? This is a trick that our agency does. This is a little pro tip that we highly recommend is understand that on every one of these social based platforms all these social media based platforms that you are opening up a door for conversation that every post that you put out there every ad you put out there has its own individual ecosystem that is going to live within that ad and that is the likes the comments and the shares i don't care who you are as a consumer if you are scrolling through your facebook you don't even have to see the video you don't have to see the copy if you see ten thousand likes on something it's going to stop you dead yeah right So my biggest recommendation for businesses trying to get their brand awareness and their recognition out there is do not launch a million different ads. Once you find out, when you find out what works, get that ad into the market, hold it in the market for a long time, and make sure you're implementing media buying styles that will get you not just the clicks for the revenue, but also and get you likes, get you engagement, get you shares, develop that social engagement. Mm these platforms so that your ad is more than just the video. It's a conversation piece. It's a community development in there. And it's something that connects with your customers a little bit deeper. Understand that the goal here, when you're doing your brand recognition, you're getting yourself into the market outside of just revenue to come in is to be a trusted advisor in that area. And that comes from not only the content that you put out, but how you manage that content when it's out there. So a little pro tip, if you guys are already doing advertising, hold the same post ID. It's a little trick that we use in Facebook advertising so that we can take an ad and leverage multiple different campaign structures so that we get likes, comments, shares, video views, and revenue from the same ad while that same ad is storing the likes, the comments, and the shares. We have multiple different ads running right now that have over 500 likes. And when that is saw by a customer, even if they didn't want the product, they show
1: a level of interest. Yeah. Well, that's a great final tip, you know, because you you really can build it up and then, you know, let it build over time. Um, Kyle, how would people get a hold of you?
0: Uh, Kaizen Agency is our website. Feel free to hop on there, fill out the form. You get a direct consultation with us. We believe that every business deserves an opportunity to grow. Kaizen is focused 100% on business growth and development. So everything that we do from advertising and optimization is focused around revenue. We offer a free audit for anybody that wants to come in. It's a 15-minute call with myself. I'll sit down with you. I'll assess your business, and I'll give you a full campaign overview. We believe that if you're a business owner that wants to put in sweat equity, we will give you the prudence or the guidelines that you need to find success. If you don't want to deal with the headache, then you pay us to do it. Um, If if they're looking on Instagram, it is uh, kaizenmarketing.agency. You can also find me personally at uh, Kyle, uh, Kyle Berry underscore PB. If you care to see any paintball, you can check that out. Um, And then finally, you can find us on Facebook and LinkedIn at Kaizen Marketing Agency.
1: Okay. Well, this has been a great conversation. We've been talking about, you know, where businesses should be putting their money, the considerations, especially if you don't have as much brand awareness in the market, you know, you need to be able to establish that to to really drive growth for your company and get known in your market. Um, This has been a great episode. My name is Cash Miller. I'm the host of Marketing Masters, CEO of Titan Digital. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Cash.